Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. The most powerless place you can be is in limbo. And if you want to be a powerful person, to me, that means sit, make a decision eventually, like give yourself a timeline, show up, get committed and see what feedback the universe gives you so that you can course correct along the way. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the show. Thank you all for joining me 
for this episode. I'm so grateful to have you back. And I'm thrilled today because I get to have a conversation with one of my most genius friends. And not only is she just completely brilliant and like awe-inspiring, and she's going to surprise you. I'm going to surprise you with her bio in one second, but she cracks me up. She's so down to earth. Like whenever I'm around her, I literally just pretty much laugh the whole time and then she just drops so much wisdom. So she's one of those people that you just love being around. So Ashley Stahl is a counterterrorism professional turned podcaster, forthcoming author and life coach who helps clients find their purpose, land more job offers, build their confidence and launch successful service-based businesses. Her e-course, The Job Offer Academy, has a methodology that's helped more than 5,000 job seekers land job offers in 30 different countries. She hosts inspirational guests each week on her show. Her podcast is called the You Turn Podcast, Y-O-U Turn Podcast, with the intention of helping her listeners work on themselves, raise their confidence, all while taking life less seriously. You guys, she has been named top 99 foreign policy leaders under 33 by the Diplomatic Courier Magazine. She has been a columnist for Forbes. She's been featured on TEDx, The Wall Street Journal, CBS, Self, Washington Post, Chicago Tribune, and more. I'm telling you, you guys, she is walking brilliance. So in addition to your coaching business, she's the founder of Cake Publishing. It's a ghostwriting company, copywriting, and publicity house that helps influencers and companies strengthen their credibility through inspiring blog posts, PR placements, and more. She's earned her master's degree in international relations from King's College, London, and another master's in spiritual psychology at the University of Santa Monica. She holds a bachelor's degree from the University of Redlands in government history, and she's fluent in French. She also knows how to speak Arabic, but she recently said that she's completely forgot how to speak Arabic. So like I said, Ashley's hilarious and brilliant, and that pretty much sums it up. So this conversation is so so down to earth, but everything is easy to understand and applicable to your life, your goals, and your business. So whether you have a business, which she's a genius on helping you get clarity on, which we talk so much about, or you're really just looking to go to the next level, you guys, she definitely is sharing a ton of tools all about how to do that. So let's get started. Ashley, I'm so excited that you're finally on the show. I feel like I've been like, I don't know. I feel like I've wanted to do this for a really long time, but right now is the perfect time. So welcome. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah. Every time I see you, I'm so entertained by you that I'm like, <laughs> let's not record anything. Let's just jam and hang out. It's so fun to be able to connect with your people and with you this way. Oh my God. Well, I'm super excited because you guys, what you don't know is that Ashley's like one of the people that I'm kind of manifesting to be able to spend more time with uh, in the future in my life because it is fun. I just have fun. I laugh a lot. Yeah. Oh my God. Isn't humor just so healing? I think a lot of it's interesting because a lot of comedians have like serious depression. And I mm -hmm. found that so interesting because for me working in personal development, I'm always working on myself. So my humor, some people ask, is it a mask? And I'm like, no, I'm just like raging. Like I feel good. <laughs> 
No, this is just how I really am. Like, I love that though. And I think that now more than ever, we are so incredibly lucky to be able to weave it into all we do. Like I even, even like four years ago, people would either, you know, end up hanging out with me or doing something like, oh my God, you're, you're funny. And I was like, oh my God, I don't show that in some of the things that I do all the time. Like, I think I tried, but I didn't know how to quite fully do that yet, Mm -hmm. you know? So how do you do that? Well, you know, like what you're really reminding me of is how challenging it can be to find your voice. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. It's like, I remember when I was starting my coaching business and I wanted to help people in their careers. And it was like so many people I would look up to and look around at and try to figure out what to write on my website. And I think that that disconnect was just like not knowing myself and Mm -hmm. not feeling safe to share who I am in the world, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm. Okay. So before we dive into that, because I'm coming back to that question, how do you feel safe to show up the person that you are in the world? So I'm writing that down so that we can circle back because first, I think people should probably get familiar with you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we can do Hi, welcome everyone. This is my friend. That's what happens when you're with your friend on a podcast. <laughs> it does. I always feel like here's the deal. We could talk about whatever the hell we want on the second one. The first one, I'm kind of like, eh, I should probably know a little bit about you. So would you share a little yeah. bit about your story? Mm, okay. Well, I will start in college and I will try to give you guys the short and sweet. But basically, I, much like most people, got to college and had no idea who I was or what I wanted for my career path. And had to major in something. And so I just kind of checked in and figured out what was interesting to me. And later I would realize there's a big difference between an interest, a passion, a calling, a skill set, and all these different elements of your purpose in life. But at that time, I just the only thing I had was my instinct. And I thought, okay, I'm interested in government. So I'll just study that. Mm-hmm. And that lent itself to me doing everything I could to set myself up for a career in public service. And it translated into me learning foreign languages. I learned Arabic. I learned French. I'm still bilingual in French today. And I ended up going to a top school to study foreign affairs and counterterrorism in the UK. And it was kind of then where I started to hear a whisper like, hey, this might not be your career path. But it was really inconvenient for me to listen to that. Because when we listen to that voice inside of us, it's like, we got to make a lot of change in life. And that's what sucks about the truth. And what keeps people from listening to it is that it hurts and it's inconvenient a lot of the times. Mm. But um, I, I remember, you know, being in grad school and we had this one particular lecture. It was four hours and it was about foreign affairs. And I think it was like U.S. foreign policy objectives in Israel or something like that. And I remember, yeah, loaded, you know, multiple hour debate in London. And this guy next to me stood up and he said, we should just blow Israel off the map. Mm. And I remember in that moment just thinking, I'm too sensitive for this path. Like, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I don't have to make it wrong. It just is. I'm a really sensitive individual. And I remember leaving that lecture and going to happy hour with some friends and thinking to myself, God, I need a break from this. And everybody around me was continuing to talk about the lecture. And I remember looking up and saying, Why don't we talk about the fact that Michael Jackson died or like something? I was just trying to make it light, uh, even though that's not maybe the lightest, but. <laughs> But um, you know, I remember thinking in that moment, wow, they're obsessed with this and I'm just interested in this. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of interest. So that was the first whisper that I had had that maybe that was just 
an interest of mine and not a career path. And I think a lot of people give their interest an undue promotion and don't question it to really make sure it holds enough to the actual career. And so fast forward, I ended up landing a job during the recession after three months of sleeping on my parents' couch as an admin assistant making minimum wage. And I was in so much pain that I couldn't get the job that I wanted. But after months of job hunting and being sick of applying for jobs and never hearing back, I just thought, you know what? I need to take what I could get. And so I did. And a few months into that job, I had called my college and said, Hey, can you give me a list of every single alumni that's ever graduated and moved to DC? Because even though I heard that whisper that maybe I wasn't meant for counterterrorism, I still just wanted a plan for the sake of it. I wanted something to hold on to, like I think so many people do. And so I ended up working my way through a list of 2,000 names over four months on my lunch break, calling people completely cold calling. And eventually got enough traction to quit my job and move to DC. And in a span of six weeks, I got three job offers. I tripled my salary and I accepted a position running a program for the Pentagon. So I'd moved to a new city, gotten multiple offers and completely went from admin to manager, uh, like a senior management role. I replaced a colonel who was 65 years old and I was running this program relating to NATO and pulling out of Afghanistan in 2011. And I'll never forget realizing in that moment, like, oh my God, your life, when you really put your energy into something and when you're crystal clear what it looks like, everything is available to you. And that's what happened to me. So, you know, seven weeks from that moment, I was sitting in LA with no idea how I would ever get out of this job, you know, and then fast forward seven, eight weeks later, I'm sitting in the Pentagon. Wow. With a completely different life. And that sent me on a path into coaching. And from there, I started helping friends, letting them know how to land a job. I started inviting them to Starbucks. Too many people showed up. They started bringing friends of friends. People said, you should be a career coach. And I was like, I don't know what that is. You know, that's <laughs> And I'm like 24 years old, 25. And then eventually, obviously, I left my job at the Pentagon and became a career coach, hired a coach, learned everything there was, started a private practice, build it and taught people how to land job offers, how to figure out what they want to do in the workforce, and eventually how to start their business became another focus. And then I got into e-course land. And now I know you, Lori. And there we go. Oh my God. How did how did that all... Cl- okay. So I want to talk about clarity today. And I think the thing that um, I'm seeing consistently is just you landing in one spot going, hmm, I'm kind of good at this. But this doesn't feel awesome yet. But I'm going to take this route and, oh, weird, I'm kind of good at this, but I'm not really quite sure, but I'm going to continue to take this route because I think so many people get stuck, you know what I mean? Caught up in the thing that they are either good at or the thing that they think they should be doing. So what kept you following all of those nudges, even though it was just some people saying, oh, you're good at that. And then you kind of leaped at it and took the next step. You know, I think I love this question because what I'm really hearing is like, what is the mindset for somebody to explore their interests versus stuck? You know, and it's like for me, I I don't know why I was raised this way or why my mindset is this way, but I've always looked at life as if it's an experiment. And I think far too often people see different decisions as full marriages and commitments in their life. Yes. 
I just see it as an experiment. So to me, I look at a table and see all my interests written down on it. And I think to myself, okay, I'm going to go explore each one. And so some people misunderstand me because they look at me and think, oh, that girl must be scattered. But it's like, no, I'm just not afraid to explore my interests, make a decision about them and move on with or without them. Mm. Oh my God. I I love that so much because I have been known to pivot in my life and my career and just even what I'm enjoying at the time. And I look back and I think that it was more, I think, I think it was more rewarded to kind of get on the path of something and stay on it. Well, of course we know that it was rewarded to just like stay in this long-term career and like put your time in, go up the ladder or whatever that looks like. And even if that, even if that's just relationships, like people really look at relationships as, you know, having to keep these same relationships in your whole life. And I think that that can be the source of so much pain. So how freeing is that to look at life like an experiment? That's beautiful. Totally. And I think just giving yourself permission, because I think when people think about businesses or jobs, should I take this job? Shouldn't I take this job? Mm. And it's like, it doesn't really matter. Just do something because the most powerless place you can be is in limbo. And if you want to be a powerful person, to me, that means sit, make a decision eventually, like give yourself a timeline, show up, get committed and see what feedback the universe gives you so that you can course correct along the way. Oh my God. That's so beautiful. The most powerless place you can be is in limbo because truly I believe action creates clarity. Just like messy, freaking ridiculous action, even if it's like, I don't know, balloon animal making, it's still doing something, which could be a great business for you later. Yeah. And that's what's so (laughs) funny about people's interests is like a lot of the times you know, they feel weird. Like you and I both like spoken word, Lori, you know, it's like, and Mm -hmm. I just thought it was so courageous that you posted that on the podcast and it was inspiring me to think about doing the same that time we were texting about it. But it's like, you know, you, there's room on top and if you have some weird interest, like I'll never forget. I was in a mastermind group and this woman made like a million dollars a year off in revenue who would you know never know anymore what people are actually taking home with profits and I'm careful to look at that but mm-hmm. she was telling me that she makes a million dollars in revenue a year off of her website that sells Scottish terrier figurines like wow. weird little dog figurines and I just thought damn like you know to each his own there's room on top everywhere no matter how mm-hmm. weird or bizarre your interest might seem to you and you deserve that life experience of knowing how it lands for you And that just means being experimental about it and exploring. Oh, okay. So before we pivot, I mean, I anything can be a a business. Literally, it's so crazy. I've started knitting. Yes, I've started knitting. But so many people just with me posting them are like, "Let me buy one. Let me buy one." And I was like, "See if people would just explore what they want to do. They could actually be like, weird. I thought this was for me, but now I'm making money, which I don't have any interest in starting a business in that right now. But it did make disclaimer: (laughs) not going to be a knitter. (laughs) Not going to be making blankets for money, but. (laughs) But it just really made me think about that. Like, don't ever question what you want to do because there could be something really huge on the other side. So, okay. So going back to, I think even being able to feel like you can explore those curiosities. So this is like really in the very beginning and going back to that question of how do you feel kind of safe to share who you are or to start exploring uh, your curiosities without feeling, you know, ridiculous? Mm. Well, I would say 
a lot of the times people don't feel a sense of safety with themselves because they have some sort of experience in their life, whether, because I know most of our beliefs about the world are set by age seven to 12, right? Mm -hmm. And then after that, as you know, it's, it's trauma. And I think a lot of people have this belief that trauma is some sort of big event, but a lot of times it can be very small, nuanced and light. And so I think that these little traumas that actually are on replay in our subconscious play such a role in the feeling of safety we do or don't have in the world. And so I think the first thing is to figure out what comes up for you when you think about exploring something. So, you know, maybe you have an interest in knitting like you do. And the question that I would ask somebody to, is to fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Like if I explore knitting, the worst thing that could happen would be, you know, and what is it? Like, what's the worst that can happen? What are you scared of? I'm scared that if I explore knitting, I'm scared that if I start that business, I'm scared that if I pursue DJ lessons or dance classes, that people will think what? Mm. Uh, A lot of the times it's, I'm scared of like, I can't make money. So it's fears about me or, you know, the person listening, their fears about themselves or it's fears about what other people will think. So I think the first thing like everyone would, you know, personal development say is just the awareness to get clear on like, what is it that you're actually afraid of? Mm. Um, Because a lot of people don't take that moment to think, well, shit, you know, maybe that's not that scary anyway. Because more often than not, when we look at the worst thing that can happen, like, okay, people are going to criticize you. Okay, so you're afraid of people thinking you're an idiot. Then what? What's the worst thing that can happen? That they make a mockery of you, you don't make any money, you go back into the workforce, like, What's the worst? And more often than not, when people are able to really get that awareness, they're able to either realize that what they're afraid of isn't that big of a deal. It's not that scary. Or they're invited into real transformation, which I think is writing it down and forgiving themselves for the limiting beliefs that they hold, which I have a whole process for doing with people that I've helped with their confidence many times. Mm, is there anything that you can offer for people that's maybe not you know as in depth as you normally go, but something that could help them release a little bit more? Because I will tell you, that's like the the number one thing I hear is just the yeah. fear around judgment, criticism, all of, all of the stories that we have. Yeah, definitely. I can take them through a process now. So I would say, um, think about an area right now. Just step number one where you feel afraid, you feel nervous, you feel resistance. And step two would be to fill in the blank. Like, I don't want to do this because, or if I do this, the worst thing that could happen is, or I'm afraid that people will think I'm like fill in the blank for any of those. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I would say, check in with your body. Like, how does that make you feel? And, you know, a lot of people will hold that thought in their throat. They feel like a constriction in their stomach. They feel a pit in their stomach, whatever it is. Um, And I would say after that, the next step would be to go into a memory of when is the first time you remember feeling that? Mm. When is the first time in your life that you remember feeling that feeling that that thought was giving you? And really ground yourself in that memory. Um, so ask yourself, you know, what was happening in that memory in that moment? You know, really ground yourself. What, if you could remember what you were wearing, where you were standing, what it smelled like, what it felt like, and then I think from there, asking yourself, whatever that moment was that triggered that, you know, tense feeling in your body or whatever it is, what was going on mentally for you? And that's when you want to grab a pen and write down the judgments you had about you mm. or the person in your memory. So for example, maybe right now I feel like I have a belief like I can't launch my business because I'm not going to be able to make money. 
And I feel that feeling just in the pit of my stomach. So if I ground myself into that feeling, it's like, when's the first time I felt this pit in my stomach? And I go back in time and I remember maybe, you know, in 10th grade or something, somebody told me that I can't, they don't want to be my partner in a project because I'm a bad partner in class. Mm. And maybe I ground myself in that memory and I remember that moment and I remember my mental thoughts, what was going on on a mental level. The thoughts were, you know, I'm an idiot and they're better than me. And I'm going to make a, an idiot of myself in front of people or it's, it's not a good idea for me to put myself out there, whatever the thoughts were. So I would say, you know, write down all of those in that memory, the judgments on you, the judgments on the person, the judgments on the world. The world is a scary place. Like, what did you think about the world because of this memory? And then I think the final step is to forgive yourself. And my favorite words to use when it comes to forgiving yourself is, I forgive myself for buying into the belief that. Mm. So I forgive myself for buying into the belief that the world is a scary place. And then the final step is to update it with the truth. The truth is... And it's you don't want to just do the opposite. The truth is the world is a friendly place. No. Mm-hmm. You want to check in with what really feels like a true reframe to you. So the truth is... Uh, I have a lot of people in my life that support me and I have an amazing support system to take risks. You know, the truth is I'm loved no matter what I do. I have a good network around me or the truth is I'm enough. Like whatever feels true for you. I recommend doing this whenever you feel like a trigger in your life. Whenever you have a conversation and it sets your body off kilter, feel that feeling in your body, trace it back to a memory, write down the beliefs you had in that memory and forgive yourself. Mm. Oh, that's really beautiful. I think that we can do that through any phase of our life because I was sitting here going through it with you. I think within that exercise, what came up for me also is like, oh, there's also room for improvement. Like Mm -hmm. the truth is I could use a little more improvement around my support system and I could focus there for a little while. Like it, it kind of brings clarity around maybe where you want more safety or more support. Yeah, I mean, I would that that's really interesting, Lori. I've never thought about it like that. I would say the first thing is you want to ground yourself in reality first and you don't want to take yourself somewhere else. So what's mm. true right now so that you're enough here because you okay. are. Right? But then I say I would say this is an amazing next step is to say and like I forgive myself for buying into the belief that I'm not enough. The truth is I'm worthy and I would love to. Mm. You know, I would love to explore deepening my network. I would love to explore going to therapy or hiring a coach to work through this. Like, I think that's an and, you know? Mm, that's good. Wow. I'm writing yeah, that down. Good, <laughs> <laughs> no, that was me going to the, to the what's true, but kind of not true right now. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, because then you're, then you're continuing to make your upgrades areas that you're not enough, right? Right, Even- right. Exactly. I went into the not enough loop, but I do love that and so much because I'm looking for all these different exercises in the new year, just because man, awareness is everything, isn't it? Like, and there's always, um, there's always spots because in my life right now, I'm really, I want more lenses of people who are willing to help share maybe some blind spots when I'm going into new areas. So I think that this is such a great conversation for people also around clarity because there's so, there's so much 
Ashley, yeah. there's oh so much. God. So what are, what are some of your steps now that we're kind of like, okay, these are the stories that we're dealing with. Um, you know, if this is something that I want to do, then I'm going to start here and this is what I'm going to go for. And maybe I do need a little more, this is what's true now, but maybe I do need a little more support here, here. And once those steps are done, what do you think is a next good thing to do as far as getting super crystal clear in your life about what you want? There have so been so many women who have come into my private practice in their careers, whether they're lawyers, doctors, entrepreneurs, admin assistants, you name it, and they come to me and say, I need clarity. Mm. And whenever I hear that, all I'm really hearing is I'm not connected to myself. Mm. I don't know what my likes are. I don't know what my skills are. I don't know what my true passions and gifts are. And so to me, um, I think a good first step is twofold. Number one is to turn inward and number two is to turn outward. So I think inward is to maybe start doing a joy journal, meaning that every single day for 30 days, notice what lights you up. And it could just be like a one-liner that you write in your iPhone on a notepad app, you know, just saying the moment that light me up, lit me up today was... And it could be anything from professional to personal to you standing in line at Starbucks and having a nice conversation with somebody. But for 30 days, if every day you just write down a quick sentence of what was the moment of the day that really lit you up, you're going to start to see a pattern um, by the end of the 30 days. So I think that's turning inward. As far as turning outward to get clarity, one thing that I've told clients all the time in my private practice is you know what? Why don't you go out into the world, pick three friends, pick three colleagues? And people that you feel connected to and comfortable with and ask them, when have you seen me at my absolute best? One of the things that I found to be really mind-blowing is that when people ask their family this, so you can ask your friends, your colleagues, and even your family, people don't even know what they're going to hear. They don't know what their parents are going to say about them being at their best, what their siblings think. And it's been such a powerful exercise for me. And yes, a lot of people might get stuck and say, okay, they said that this is where I'm at my best, but how do I turn this into a business or a Mm. career path? And that's where I've been able to facilitate. But at the same time, sometimes you'll just get enough of an answer where you actually are able to take what they say and translate that. Um, And so I think the feedback is so powerful to think, okay, where have they seen me at my best? And then the next question is, what skill set was I using to be that person? What does that mean about my skill set? What is that for you? So what was what was it um, where you're at your best or where people give you feedback and what skill set were you using? Um, I would say most, more often than not, a foundational skill set that I have is all about uh, communication. Mm-hmm. So everybody has a different foundational skill set. Maybe yours is communication. Maybe yours is teaching, research. You know, there's a whole variety of it. And it's actually something that I go through in in a free course that I do on clarity. Mm. And it's something that I really try to ground people in is like, and you know what your foundational skill set is based on if you were given the weirdest job in the world that was completely out of your realm, what skill would you use on in yourself, no matter what the job was? Mm. So if you put in an engineering job, which I have no skills in. I would still turn it into a communication opportunity yep. because I'm a communicator. So I think it's like really getting clear on who you are no matter what. Mm. Okay. So from that point, like maybe someone just answered communicator as well, or maybe someone answered that they're, 
you know, super humorous and they're always able to pull through with different, you know, making people laugh or whatever that looks like. From that point, are they like, oh, I need to create something off of this? Or would you recommend like exploring deeper and then just being able to use that skill set often? Or what happens now that people are like, wait a minute, I'm not really in what I believe my skill set is? Yeah, I would say your skill set is the motor that drives your car, mm. but like the destination you're going to really depends on your core values. Mm. Um, and so one of the biggest topics that I'm concerned with when I've helped somebody with this is figuring out like what are their top five core values. And one of the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to figuring out their core values is they are aspirational about that. And what I mean is they might like I have a, a free guide on how to figure out your core values, for example. And when people use it, they 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 get aspirational and they pick words that resonate with who they wish they were, mm-hmm. not with who they actually are. <laughs> I, I could see myself doing that. Yep. Me too. Me and you both <laughs> I'm like, doesn't I'm like, this look oh. great? <laughs> yeah. I pick the word peaceful and I'm like, yeah, that's aspirational. I'm a little insane. Like, not peaceful. <laughs> So good. So I would say when you look at it, and I don't know, you can edit this out, Lori, if this isn't something I can do, but um, the guide is over at uturnpodcast.com. No, yeah, do it up, girl. Okay, cool. So uturnpodcast.com slash core values. It's Y O U T U R N podcast.com slash core values. So I have the core values guide over there. And all and all you need to do is really take a look at the list, circle the ones that resonate for you. So it could be words like authenticity, genuine, family, peace, humor. Um, these are all different words. Achievement, mastery, honesty, beauty. These are all different core values. And what you want to do is eventually find the words that are who you are, where without that word, you're not you anymore. Mm. And that's the magic. That's the real magic sauce is figuring out... Like if you take humor away, I'm not here. Mm -hmm. And even though I'm not that humorous here with you, Lori, because I'm like, oh my God, Clarity, that's serious fucking business. I'm going to get down to it. Trust me, guys. She's humorous. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it's like I have found that those words, or for example, authenticity. Like if you take that away, I'm not me. Like I try to keep it real, but I don't try to. I just am, you know? And... And it's so important to me to be that way. I feel super disconnected if I'm not being real. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be in the room full of people. And there have been times where I feel like I'm in a room where it's harder for me to be real just because Mm -hmm. I can't connect. And if that's the case, I get really quiet because I'm like, I'd rather not say anything than be not me. Mm. Okay. That's actually a really huge thing and not to get too off topic, but I think some people can, you know, maybe they circle the word authentic and they're like, yeah, but I have trouble being authentic at a lot of places I go. But sometimes I found in the beginning of my journey, I was at a lot of places that didn't support, you know, the people in it or around didn't support that part of you that is actually much easier to come out when you're around other authentic people. So sometimes Mm -hmm. does this start to reflect back to people like, do you know what I'm saying? It could be a core value, but maybe their life, it can, uh, their life doesn't quite yet reflect those values. This is actually like a twofold kind of thing. Mm, So it's like, the moment that people realize like maybe they're not in alignment. Right. Like maybe their life is not in alignment with their actual core values <laughs> that they really yeah. are circling in who they are. 
Yeah, well, because... And that makes sense if you're feeling disconnected because at the end of the day, I really believe that your core values are the key ingredients to your career. And more often than not, when people feel off in their career, we look at those core values in that guide and we figure out that, oh, wow, like you're missing a huge core value. So for example, um, maybe you value security and that shows up in a lot of ways. That could mean that you have like alarm systems on your house. That could also mean that you want to make a lot of money. But maybe you also value freedom equally. Like maybe that's also in your top five. And if you buy too far into your security core value and you become a workaholic where you're off all the time beholden to a desk and employees, and then you're not honoring your freedom core value where you have flexibility or space in your schedule, that's still going to create a disconnect. And I think a lot of people have some level of like really meeting one core value, but totally ditching another. And so that's why I say just coming up with your top five. And this question that you're asking of what do you do when there's a huge gap, that is what's driving my work right now in the book that I'm writing, which is going to be called U-Turn, Y-O-U-T-U-R-N, two words. And that's what's also driving me in my podcast, the U-Turn podcast. Mm. It's all about this critical moment of transformation where we really get radically honest with ourselves and we realize something isn't working for us. And instead of turning outward and trying to fix it, more often than not, I think the answer is not what can I add into my life to fix something, but what can I remove from my life to simplify it and create error for myself. So more often than not, when people are feeling disconnected, the answer is not in adding things on, but actually just removing something and creating some space for them to get connected to themselves. Um, so I would say that's a, a U-turn moment where you need to maybe you know get down, get out a piece of paper and write down what is true. What is true for you? What do you know that you wish you didn't know? Mm. And a lot of people are in denial. They keep their head in this, their sand, the sand because here's the deal. I mean, the truth is painful. And there's two energies that I find most people are in. Either they're in anxiety or they're in the truth. And when you're in anxiety, you're just not listening to the truth. I don't think that those two things coexist. So a lot of times, anxiety just is a result of pushing down the truth. And when you finally take a look at it and say, this isn't working for me, it might be painful, but you're not anxious. Your body is usually still and just maybe facing the pain of it. But when you're really willing to look at that, be it in a relationship that you're disconnected in, be it in a career that's not working for you, you can then take a look at it and say, okay, what's not working with for me is this. Maybe it's that you're not making enough money or that you don't find X, Y, or Z fun about your career. You could also then take a look at it and say, here's what is working for me. And I think in being radically honest with yourself about what's working and what's not is the first step in being able to say, well, what would it look like if I made my career more focused on these things that were working for me? And what do I want to add into it? What else do I love doing? So I'd say that's a start. Mm. Oh man, you're like literally nailing exactly where I'm at from this last year to this year, like tail end of this year after I completed my book and all of the stuff that goes with it, um, which is vital to be kind of in that, like you're getting it out into the world, which can also carry a lot of anxiety. Um, But like, I am all about taking stuff away right now to get clear on what's next because... I went through this phase of thinking that I need to add things in and maybe it's this and maybe it's that and maybe it's this and maybe it's that. And I'm like, how about for once in your freaking life, you don't jump like to another project and you just clear all the shit out. And I can't even tell you like how space is making my, like anxiety is disappearing for the first time in my life. Like it's just Mm -hmm. not 
Beautiful. Like I thought it was like a normal way for me to run. And it was almost like, it wasn't all the time, but it was like, I knew how to deal with it. I'm like, oh, it's just who I am. Like I literally started and I do so much work, but I literally heard this voice in the back of my head, like, it's fine. It's who you are. I'm like, no, it's actually not. Like this is the first time that I've gotten to this place of like days and days and days where I'm just like, ah, let's go feed the fish in the backyard. Like what? (laughs) That's amazing. But it's from taking it away. What's that? The anxiety, the anxiety you're talking about was running the show because yes. we all have different aspects of us that drive our decisions, right? So if you're saying, oh, I don't like this stuff and I need to figure it out, I need to figure it out and jumping around other projects, that's still the anxiety. Like, you know, and at the end of the day, it's almost like we're all cars, right? Mm-hmm. And we have different gas we put in our cars. One gas is going to be inspiration and one type of petroleum is going to be fear. And maybe the car driving on those different gases gets to the same destination. One's just a lot more fun. Totally. Oh my gosh. And that's exactly just so you guys can actually know like this, what she's talking about. Truly, truly. It's, it's so, um, it's pretty magical to be quite honest, because at first you feel yourself almost like, it's almost like how you said without, you know, without humor, Ashley's not there. Like I really felt like for a while without that feeling of going to the next thing or without that feeling of a bit of you know, anxiety, but not the, you start to even like name your anxiety, something better than anxiety. Like, oh, I'm just like more, you know, I can't sit still. I'm more like hyperactive. Like without that, I was like, who am I going to be? I'm not going to be able to get the work done. I'm not going to be as driven. I'm not going to be able to find the next thing. Like I found myself grasping for straws when I was trying to let that go. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the thing is that a lot of the times we have an experience in life where it creates this sense of groundlessness. And one of the things that I don't buy into is a lot of people are like, what's my five-year plan? And I'm like, if you want to be on the same path in five years, you're not growing enough. <laughs> yes. There needs to be something changing. So instead, let's figure out what skill set you want to be honing because how you're going to experience it is you know, what is going to change in your career path. But the skill set is going to stay the same. And once you master and hone and invest in whatever gift you have that is your best skill set, you can pivot on it and around it and have so much fun with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say this sense of groundlessness often happens when, like you said, like you're in this place where your ego is just holding on to having a plan, holding on to different Mm -hmm. projects because it doesn't want to let go and sit in the stillness that feels so groundless. And Instead of making busyness, which is a culturally acceptable insanity, I think, Mm -hmm. creating a level of busyness we all do for ourselves, but actually just ground yourself into this feeling of like, I don't know what the plan is. And um, when I got a master's in spiritual psychology, they called it the divine unknown. So if you're willing to sit in the divine unknown, to sit in the groundlessness, what's really true is you're actually in more of a reality than everybody else is. Because most people hold on to plans without realizing like plans aren't real. They're just an idea that you have. But life is, you know, that whole quote, like life is what happens when you're making plans. And really groundlessness is a lot closer to what we all really are all the time. Mm. Man, this is like just so nurturing right now when you are feeling a bit like, it's beautiful, but at the same time, it's really easy, especially when you um, hang out with a lot of really motivated people, which it's nothing on them. It's perfect. I would never change it, but it's easy to buy back into your old story sometimes when it's everything feels like it's moving so quickly when you just need that space. Like it is, 
It is. It takes some fierce boundaries and no muscles to create space for yourself. So what do you recommend for people who are like, oh, Ashley, I just, I don't even know where I'm going to get space from. Like this might be nice. It sounds all great that they can take space, but I don't, you know, I'm not able to do that. I have kids. I have two jobs. I have whatever it is. Yeah, I would say, you know, I totally get people feeling like my life has all of these obligations. How do I create space? So I would say the first thing is to really get down to the root of what is absolutely necessary because far too often we're buying into the belief that we're obligated to things that we're not. Mm-hmm. So I would say sw- sweep the decks, like get really clear. What are your obligations? And then figure out what can be delegated off at a low cost to you. A lot of the times we can delegate certain things, like even if it's as small as cleaning our house and people get into money stories like, oh, I don't know if I want to spend a hundred bucks a week or every other week for a housekeeper, but it's like... If that's your free time every weekend to like mm-hmm. nourish your soul and you're spending your whole day running around the house cleaning, maybe that hundred bucks, you know, paying that housekeeper, you can put that out and use it to go take a jog and like be with friends and nourish yourself. So I think people are buying into way too many obligations that don't exist. And that's the thing also about mediocrity is that when we're buying into too many obligations, we're so committed, we're actually not committed to anything because we're half-ass committed to so much stuff. Mm -hmm. And I find that in my friendships. And it's been really challenging for me, Lori, because I have probably a few girlfriends who are so nourishing to me and so important for my soul. And then I have a lot of other ones that I have a lot of fun with. But right now, my plate, writing my U-turn book, hosting the U-turn podcast, you know, coaching my clients on clarity, job hunting, business launching. It's like my business is a pretty full plate and I enjoy it and I love it. I also own a ghostwriting company called Cake Publishing. It's like I am full-time in work right now and having to take a look right now at this question of like, what is actually an obligation? And Cake Publishing would be a great example. Um, we had we have publicists, ghostwriters, copywriters, helping entrepreneurs and celebrities. And what I found was that there were too many clients in that business that I didn't enjoy. Mm. There was a handful that I absolutely loved. And we were ghostwriting their newsletter, their blogs, all of these things. And they were easy breezy. But the ones that I didn't love when it came to renew them, instead of a lot of business owners who have a growth mindset, because that's what's so slippery is what you're talking about with our friends, is we all have this growth mindset. And sometimes that turns into this belief of more, more, more. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, what if the growth mindset is less? You know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm happy making a half million dollars a year in this business or 100K a year in this business, and I don't have to grow it because at this rate, it's serving me. But once I have to do this, this, and the other thing, which is required to get to the next level, I don't know if I'm going to have as much fun. Oh my God. That's this is like, yes. (laughs) I think this is so important for people to hear, or maybe it's just so important for me to hear. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, I'm like talking to myself too, but you know, with Cake Publishing, it was like, we had maybe 20 clients on retainers and I was able to take a look at our roster and and check the names that I was like, you know what? That's $200,000 a year of revenue for this company. Mm. And those clients are a bummer to me. So when it was time to renew and they were like, you know, um, Ashley, you know, can we continue and re-sign this contract with your publicist or with your copywriter? I was like, you know what? Actually, we, we can't. Um, we're full. And I really meant it. And I just lowered our roster and lowered the income that we were making through the company. And, you know, we kept some things that I do, like writing webinar scripts for people, but we got really selective. And I stopped looking at that business like, I need to grow Cake Publishing into a million dollar company. And I started to look at it and think, I'm really happy if this company makes X amount per year without me having to bust my back. Mm. And that's what it's been. 
Oh my God. So that's exactly what I'm doing this year with one of my, um, basically like one of my membership programs. And it was, I didn't realize the bandwidth and mental and soul that it was just like taking out of my life, growing it when it was, it's sustainable at a level in which is like still a great thing. But I think that sometimes changing the expectation and also seeing like where, because at first I thought I had to get rid of it. You know what I mean? The first thing that I wanted to do when I was creating this room and clarity was like, get rid of it. Like, get it all yeah. out of here. And then I was like, wait a minute, like let's reevaluate. So if there are things in people's lives like that, that are like, what's a good place to start saying, maybe don't, let's look at what needs to be cleared and what needs to just be reevaluated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. So what el- what else is going on in your life as far as clarity for you right now? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would say that I am right now feeling so much so like I'm in the divine unknown Mm. and I'm asking the bigger questions, which I think happens for a lot of like our friends has been happening. And I think that's because there's certain modes, I think as entrepreneurs, like the first mode is like creation when you Mm. think of an idea and you're spending a certain amount of years, maybe investing in the creation of something. And then once it's working, you get into the maintenance of it and how to sustain it. And then you kind of get into self-actualization where it's like, okay, do I even want to be doing this? Or maybe you've changed so much in the journey that it doesn't even fit you anymore. And so in my case, I think I'm always going to enjoy, you know, helping entrepreneurs launch their business, you know, like doing the one-on-one coaching, like it it fills me. But I would say that I'm in a place right now where the only thing I know that I would be doing if money didn't matter, if nothing else mattered in life, I would be writing my U-turn book. Like I'm so passionate about sharing my experiences in counterterrorism and all of the different U-turns that I've made in my life that could serve other people because a lot of the U-turns are in my beliefs, mm-hmm. you know, and in changing my inner reality, I've changed my outer reality. But I'm definitely right now asking these bigger questions of like who am I and what really matters to me. Mm, what's coming up for you around those? Yeah, I would say I identify the most going back to being a communicator. And Mm. I think what's coming for me next is really investing in this book. And I think, you know, in our friendship circle, everybody's written a book, you know, Mm -hmm. including you, including me having my book deal now. It's like we all, it's been really normalized. Mm -hmm. And when I was in the process of selling my proposal, sitting at Penguin Random House, sitting at, you know, um, Hachette and, and having all these meetings and realizing like they were saying, you know, we only buy 50 books a year mm-hmm. in this. <laughs> and I was like, wow, there's so many writers out in the world. I'm so grateful that I get to be somebody that writes and gets paid to write a book. And it really got me thinking about how important it is to keep writing and take a look at that skill set for me. Mm-hmm. So, kind of going back to everybody else, like, what is that one foundational skill set? And really turning into how, what are the different ways? Because the skills that you have, that you love, that you nurture, that you're gifted in, it's like a pie. Mm -hmm. And it's like a pie with many different slices. So asking yourself, what are the multiple ways that I can engage in using this skill set? What are the different slices of this pie? So if I'm a communicator, there's a public speaking slice of the pie. There's a book slice of the pie. I could be a blogger. I could be an Instagram influencer. Like what? Do I want my pie to look like? Do I want to be an editor at a newspaper? Like, how do I want to express communication? 
Mm, okay, I love that. So how do you express your skill? And then yeah. from there, once you have this beautiful, like, you know, this uh, a bit of a map drawn out on what you can do, there's this point of action. So mm-hmm. then <laughs> there's that whole thing. Yeah. So how do you get from somebody who now has worked out their stories and now it's time to just start taking action? Like, and I... I know that this is kind of where there's typically either a gap for people because they don't know how much action should be taken or what does that look like or what is it supposed to feel like at first? Yeah. Well, you know, I love what you're saying because clarity really does come from engagement. It doesn't come from thought. And a lot of people think that they can think their way into clarity. Mm. And so I would say one way to engage is... And there's a lot of ways. You could read a book. You could listen to this podcast. you know, And that's why I created a U-turn podcast. I thought, what a great way for me to help people figure out who they are in their work and love life and in their you know career and also provide a space for engagement. So engagement could be listening to podcasts, reading books, talking to people, or even taking a new job or even starting that new business. But being in motion allows you to kind of calibrate with the universe and take whatever messages you're getting from it and implement it. So that kind of experimental mindset we started talking about you know, earlier in this conversation. But um, one question I love to ask people is who professionally inspires you mm-hmm. that's using that skill that you think you want to use? So start writing down names and it could be anybody from, you know, baby Jesus to Oprah to your mom, <laughs> like whoever you want. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, getting clear on who in your community, get on LinkedIn, start to look at other people who are using these skills. Um, use the advanced search on LinkedIn, type in the keywords like writer, editor, or whatever skill words that relate to your skill and start looking at profiles of people who are out there and maybe reach out to them and ask if they're available for a quick cup of coffee. Let them know that you find what they're up to to be really inspiring and interesting. And you're wanting to ask some questions to figure out your own career path if they're not, if they don't mind connecting and you're happy to come to them at their convenience. It's like sending notes like that, having conversations with people. You can't not learn who you are through those sorts of conversations. It's been one of the most powerful things. Number one, I'm just going to go back to the life is an experiment thing because that's probably like the best possible mindset I've ever heard in my entire life because truly there's nothing, there's like nothing hinging on it when it's that. And if you look at everything as an experiment, you need to be experimenting all the time to know what works for you. And that's the whole action thing is like, I think some people can get really caught up in even going to the coffee or looking for the mentors. Like they get caught up in the research and the work where sometimes it's like, all right, you don't need another coffee with someone or you don't need another, you know, uh, coaching session. You just freaking need to like try it on now. Like now she's given, like Ashley's given you every single step. Now you just need to like push yourself into the thing. But I've had people recently, like even when I've told them what to do, they're like, but then what? I'm like, you don't need to know after that. So can you talk more about that? Like the first step like of something, what the first step feels like, when is the next time you should take action after that? Like how should your weeks look? Yeah, this reminds me a lot of coaching like new coaches, for example, on how to monetize their business. Mm -hmm. I always tell them like, okay, how many hours a week are you going to invest in launching your business? Because maybe they're in the workforce and they're transitioning out. Mm -hmm. And maybe they'll say, I'm going to do 10 hours a week on my business. And then I'm like, okay, great. So that means five hours are creation and five hours are consumption. Mm. And so maybe I'll call the creation hours red Mm -hmm. and the consumption hours blue. 
And I'll be like, okay, so half your hours are red, half your hours are blue. Let me know what you're doing with your red hours. Like, What are you creating because of our conversation about your marketing, your ideal client, or your plan, or your paid traffic strategy, or your webinar? Like, What are you creating? And what are you going to be consuming with your consumption time? Um, that way, like holding them to the 50-50 has been really powerful in making sure that they are also in creation. So that's been one strategy. Oh man, I love that because you have a pretty good idea of what um, is possible right now, but then just really looking at what is implementation, what is like, okay, you're allowed to research during this time, but after that, it's you're done. Like then you have to actually put things into action. So what's exactly. something that people should be asking or should be doing that we haven't covered yet? Mm, I would say one thing that people should be asking is how to... like Something around confidence, I would say. Mm or how to make the most of their career right now. Like let's say people who are listening right now who are in the workforce, mm-hmm. like a great question and I did an episode on U-Turn podcast with this guy named Dan Cable and the episode was called How to Feel More Alive at Work. Mm, that's good. And it was an awesome episode because he talked about like, hey, figure out who you actually are. And if your job doesn't really match that, come up with some ideas. And here's how to talk to your boss about bringing in those ideas. Because research shows that when you do something that you really love, even if it's in a a career that you don't actually like, it, it somehow leaks into everywhere and you become more effective across the board. Yes. So I would say if you're in the muck and you feel like your career is a shitstorm or you don't like what you're up to, can you figure out like one thing that really would light you up, a project in your career right now that would light you up? And how can you create the space or talk to your boss? Or how can you create the space if you are your own boss in your business to, to go and pursue that project? Because when you're lit up in one small area, even if it's 10% of your time, it's going to radically shift according to research. And, it, and I've found this to be true with my own experience, mm. um, how you're showing up everywhere else. Oh my God. I love that so much because I'm literally seeing so many people do this right now. Like they're creating their own like non-existent position at an already existing, you know, location or an already existing job um, that didn't previously exist because they come at it with such passion that it's like they just created what what they wish they exist what they wish existed. So it's like this can happen anywhere at any given time. So you can stay at your job or you can take that skill set and move it into something that you love after practicing there. Like it's absolutely brilliant. It's like one mm-hmm. of my favorite pieces of advice ever. So for you, I'm just going to finish up on, I want to know like exactly where you're at right now with um, how you're feeling about just what's about to come in the next year and creativity and all of the things that are lighting you up right now. What's like the most besides, besides your book, maybe who is it who you're going to become when you're writing the book? What's making you like most nervous right now and then most excited? Yeah, I would say my podcast, the U-Turn podcast has been like such a gift because I feel like... And I'm sure you find this, Lori. It's like every time I bring a guest on uh, and people are giving me feedback like, wow, that was so helpful. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it's because I'm just like you. I'm asking the questions <laughs> you're wondering because I'm like no different than you. Um, yeah, that's me right now on this podcast. <laughs> I'm like, wait, there's people listening because I feel like I got to book a session with you. Kate, awesome. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Like, I feel like my U Turn podcast should just be called like Ashley Stahl's Free Coaching Hour. Because, like, <laughs> it's just like every week I'm like, all right, this is me trying to clean up my shitstorm and yep. some expert coming on and giving me good insights. And so 
I'm really passionate about that. I'm really excited that a lot of people are getting value out of it. It's been growing about like 15 to 20% a month, which means a lot to me mm-hmm. because it's the first thing I have ever done without any agenda, like no monetary agenda. Like I just wanted this for my own nourishment and wanted mm-hmm. to share. And it's been such a good mirror for me to see what happens when you follow what feels good. And that's another piece of advice I have for anybody listening is if you follow what feels good, your purpose is on the periphery of that. And mm-hmm. I, this is something I've discovered on my own. And if you look at it, like what, I, what felt good for me in college was to study government. Was it the right path? Not like right for long, but what it did give me was an opportunity to learn how to job hunt because I needed to get that job in government. And that journey that I went on cold calling those 2000 people, that's what felt right. Like it just felt good to move to DC to get a new job. And on the periphery of that, I learned how to be an incredible job seeker. And on the periphery of that, I learned how to start a coaching business, which led to an e-course, which led to my book deal, which led to my podcast. It's just, if you continue to just listen to your body, it knows everything. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you're on your final destination. It means that you're calibrating in the right direction, you know? Mm-hmm. Amen. That's exactly, I mean, it's exactly how all the dots were connected for me too. Just I went for this podcast because it felt really good. And it was what we, you know, what you just talked about. Like I really wanted something to nourish me and to connect with people I wouldn't normally be able to connect with and learn and also share those conversations. And from that, the book deal. And I just, I hope that people hear that this is, how it's it's literally not even planned. It's like you're just following those curiosities and what what feels good. So thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, where can we... Uh, so many people are going to want to, number one, go do all of these different um, uh, quizzes on how to figure out your core values and clarity and things like that. So I'll make sure that that's all in the show notes, you guys. But if you want to follow Ashley, work with Ashley, where can we find you? Yeah, um, I would say I love the gram. I just started getting more active on Instagram and um, created my first highlight today called Inspo about listening. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) I know everybody's like, you and all our girlfriends are so ahead of me, but I just dipped into that. So you can hit me up on the gram at Ashley Stahl. It's A S H L E Y S T A H L. Um, Or you can hit me up on U Turn Podcast. It's Y O U T U R N, two words, U Turn Podcast. You guys definitely go check her out because I swear whenever I'm around you, I not only laugh, but I also get smarter. So <laughs> girl, that is such a power combo. I'm going to take that. <laughs> it's my two favorite things. Um, so I always end on one last question. And mm-hmm. that is if you only had 30 seconds with a stranger, am I like, is this a scary question? Um, <laughs> you're like, what are we going to do? Um, if you only had 30 seconds and they look over at you and they ask you, how can I make myself happy? What would you say? I would want to find out what their biggest heartbreak was in life. Mm. I'd say, what's your biggest heartbreak? Mm. Because you're only as happy as your biggest heartbreak until you've worked with it. Mm. Wow. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you guys are going to have to go work with her to figure out how to work through that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I do all day. It's just so interesting. But oh, I, that's a good one. I have not heard that one. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys, if you loved this podcast as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. 
Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, all I'm so excited to share with you, Earn Your Happy is now part of Growth Day Podcast Network. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and support shows and brands that we truly believe in. And one of my friends is also on the network and I'd love for you to go subscribe to his show. You guys, Trent Shelton has the most incredible podcast. It's called Straight Up with Trent Shelton. And it's going to remind you that you are built for this. I have heard Trent speak in person multiple times. I've listened to his podcast a ton. He's coming on the show and I literally cannot wait because this man just spits straight fire. It is like truth that goes to your core and makes you take action right away. If you want one of those podcasts that when you're just out on a walk, you can't help but want to start running and run through a wall in your life, this is the show to go listen to. So you guys make sure that you go subscribe to the show straight up with Trent Shelton. You're going to love it. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. 
It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthday.com slash Lori. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you wanna create on a course or webinar and bam, it just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're gonna customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this. And now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com.